Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hey man, how's it going? It's going. It's Monday. It's cold. Rainy. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, York, I think, said, I didn't expect it to be this cold. I'm like, I'm like, bro, tomorrow's the first day of December. Yeah, it's got to be this. It's, it's actually about time I got to be this cold. Right. Not. It's a little late. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I said, but, uh, yeah, man, but it's here. Um, before I, you know, I'm not going to forget, but, uh, happy early birthday to York. Birthday is, uh, Wednesday. The, Let's see, tomorrow's first. Sorry, Thursday. Because tomorrow will be the first. His birthday is the third. So he's hitting double digits. So right. New York will be in. We actually celebrated Saturday. Because, um, you know, we're not all going to be here today. And, and he'll be with his mom the rest of the week. So they're, yeah. going on, they're going to a cabin for a few days. And then it's her weekend. So, But, yeah. No. They do... Little Duder is gonna is gonna be ten, so craziness. Can't believe it. But like they say, it does go by fast. Ain't kidding. So that is true. Man. Happy yeah. early birthday. Yeah. So yeah. Crazy. But, but yeah, so that's really about all we got going on. Um <clears throat> also sharing a birthday with him. Uh, is my dad who you know passed away last November or a year ago, November. Mm. <clears throat> so you know, went from sharing birthdays to you know just remembering him on the birthday, and then York's kind of taking over the mantle. So, yeah, <clears throat> we thought we might have had a scare at the house <clears throat> too. We, uh, Grayson's been having congestion because it's also cold season, you know, yeah. so Ruth was worried because for young kids, one of the symptoms, you know, that they first see, I guess, in young, young adults or young kids is, you know, just a cough congestion, your cold symptoms, it's hard to anymore figure out what's, what's just a cold and what's COVID. So, um, Saturday morning, Grayson and I went to a walk-in clinic that was doing the rapids. So mm-hmm. we stood in line for an hour and a half. You would have thought we were buying concert tickets or something. You know, right. Um, or, <clears throat> or as Ruth put it, you know, worst Black Friday ever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, waiting in line for an hour and a half just to get an appointment time to come back later in the day. Wow. Uh, because they were just doing it, and then we had a certain amount of spots. Nuts. But, uh, so, yeah, and we did that, came back home. Just chilled until it was time to go, and then came back out. You know, uh, she went in there, took her like a champ, just stood there, they swabbed her. Yeah. She barely even, barely even flinched. I'm like, she did a hell of a lot better than I was. <laughs> right. That kid, I tell you what, when it comes to shots, ever since she was a baby, she can... She'd flinch a little bit, maybe fuss for like a few seconds, and then she was done. You know, 
York and I, I mean, we, nah. I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but it took yeah. a while. But yeah, no, she did great. Uh, so yeah, she swabbed, you know, and then we waited a few minutes and then, yeah, came in, tested negative. So all good, but you know, always better safe than sorry. That's true. So it's a uh, peace of mind and all that. So, and so now we're just, you know, she's had to let her school know, you know, she's just got a cold. We have had her tested, so she's good. Yeah. Please don't send her home. <laughs> <laughs> she's fine. I promise. She's, she's good. She, and she's been the best out of, you know, at wearing a mask. I mean, always has. I mean, hell, she'll just put one on to ride in the car. Just turn around there. She is just, I mean, you can tell she's grinning. Yeah. It's like, you're such a nut, but thank you. So. Yeah, that's really about all we've had going on. Um, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, you know, I worked, but that morning, um, all the food was prepared before going to work, so I ate, a, ate one plate, and I was pretty good for the day. Um, I couldn't think about food, even though they had food on the floor. Yeah. Trauma, and um, I went in there, and I saw that spread. I'm like, man, because when I get full, I can't think of food anymore. I'm, I'm done, and I was pretty much like that the whole day. And I only have one plate. This usually I have at least two. So that's that's a difference for this year. But um yeah, I had the itis going in and struggled to stay awake. And yep. um but that that was it. It was it was pretty good. It was a pretty chill day overall. Good. And um yeah. yeah. Same here. <clears throat> yeah, chill day for me as well. Um and uh yeah, you know, Ruth knocked it out of the park not that i would have expected any different but she knocked it out of the park it was delicious we got to do our um zoom trivia night i basically made a game uh where i took various different games we had around the house mostly like trivia games um and trivia movie trivia books and then like our golden girls trivia game our uh, trivia game of the office and um yeah, and the, oh, and a couple other things. Uh, a game from York's got a Diary of a Wimpy Kid game, which is mostly stuff you have to do. It's kind of a more hands-on, but there mm-hmm. is one that's like uh, you have to name eight things that start with a certain letter, or you know, like say eight cities that start with this letter, eight uh, dogs or cats that start with this letter, you know, names. Yeah. Or names of boys or girls that start with a certain letter. But you only have 10 seconds to do it. Wow. Okay. A little yeah. pressure. <laughs> a little bit of pressure. So I implemented that into the game too. And we just basically, uh, everybody had a die, you know, a die um, at their house. So everybody was able to roll their own. We didn't have yeah. to roll everybody's for them. Everybody got to roll their own. And then I basically was just like the host slash MC, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Because I was the one reading off all the questions and everything. And so uh, our my brother and his family ended up winning. They, we did the basically whoever got the 10 first. Okay. It took us an hour and a half to do that wow. <laughs> to get the 10 because initially we were going to go to 15. But I was like, oh, we'll just go to 10. This is kind of taking longer than what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, but everybody had a blast. So I'm thinking about doing something similar like that uh, for our show for anybody, you know, pick a night. And we could do like a movie trivia night or something like that. 
Um, so sounds good. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. See, I'll keep everybody posted on that, but I'm trying to work something out. You know, it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot to get it done, but you know, I'll get it work, get it ironed out, and we'll uh, maybe we do it around Christmas time or something. Okay. We'll see. Whatever I can get worked out. <laughs> if not, we'll do it after New Year's. Who knows? We'll get it. But yeah, it's just something I've been trying to think up. I uh, think would be fun to do. Um, but yeah, no, it was good times. And then uh, in doing so, I've now watched more than my fair share of Christmas movies that I've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, so I think I actually made a list uh, yes last night because I was or yesterday because I was curious, and including the one we're talking today. Uh, three, four, five, six, six new Christmas movies. That, um, well, one I watched parts of because I kind of came <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if we were counting that. And then one, and then after that, only one like Lifetime Christmas. No Hallmark, but mostly Lifetime. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just regular mainstream. Uh, we watched Ruth and I watched the 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 one that's on Hulu Happiest Season, which I'll talk about next week, or okay. if we decided to do a Christmas one and maybe I'll just drop it there. But uh then I watched Black Christmas, the remake. Um the one we're talking about today, Snow Globe is a lifetime Christmas movie. It's Never a, heard of it. Why would you? <laughs> and Christmas Reservations with Melissa Joan Hart. Mark Melissa Joan Hart, Marky Post from Night Court, Michael Gross from Family Ties think that's i want to say is it ted mcginley uh what's his name from uh married with children uh, what's her name second husband okay uh, yeah yeah it's his name uh he's in it too i think just looking a little bit more rough than usual ruth put some other one on that i forgot who was in it and treat williams was in it and treat williams was looking a little rough Ruth couldn't believe it. She didn't think that was a thing. She thinks they aged him. Could not. I think that's probably about right. Bro's just, you know, not having anything, not having any work done. So, but, just keeping it natural. Yeah. Just he's just aging and he may have a thyroid issue. We're not sure. Um, but he's he's looking good. So we'll see. Um, want to get into it? I guess we can go ahead and rock and roll. All right, man. So we'll start off with the one that we both ended up watching, and uh, we'll kick off. We'll kick off, even though today's the last day of November. Um, I've got my Star Wars holiday. I can't really see it super good because of our background. Yeah. Thing. Um, it's a Star Wars ugly Christmas sweater coffee mug, which I actually have a matching. Uh, sweatshirt that's actually very warm uh surprisingly warm actually for as it's not super thick but it's surprisingly warm yeah. uh, sweatshirt that goes with that and um, i'm wearing my favorite ugly christmas sweater hoodie that i got pennies it's, it's yeah i've had it for years love it anyways i whipped out the tub with all my ugly christmas sweater t-shirts i did get a new one that's uh it's one that says uh dunder mifflin paper company and it lights up. So yeah. Nice. I'm ex- yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that. Got it on got it on sale. So I wouldn't have paid full price for it. No way out. <laughs> Had to have been on sale or else I wouldn't have got it. 
Yeah. Anyways, uh, the first movie we're going to talk about today is the Mel Gibson action Christmas movie. That's, I mean, technically this would be for those that want to argue that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie and be wrong about it. Um, this is pretty much a, an action Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'm still curious if it would have come out to theaters or if it would have been a direct direct to VOD. It felt like a direct to VOD type. I don't know if they would have put this in the theaters or not. Yeah. And if they did, and if they did, it probably would have been limited. <laughs> Very I think, limited. Yeah. It would have been in and out in a while. Um, yeah. So, movie's called Fat Man. Um, it's a, according to the summary, a rowdy, unorthodox Santa Claus is fighting to save his declining business. I don't know how it's a business, because I don't know how he gets paid. Right. Whatever. Charity, I would say. But anyways. Meanwhile, Billy, a neglected and precocious 12-year-old, precocious, to put it mildly, <laughs> sociopath. I think the word is sociopath. Yeah. That, that, they spelled it wrong. Yeah, they spelled sociopath yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. Um, hires a hitman to kill Santa after receiving a lump of coal in his stocking. The hitman is played by Walton Goggins, who... Of course, he's playing a bad guy because he's awesome at it. Um, it also stars Marion Jean Baptiste as Ruth uh, Kringle, uh, obviously Mel Gibson as Chris Kringle, which I don't know. It's so hard to watch a Mel Gibson movie that's got any sort of like remote religious affiliation because you think Christmas, you think baby Jesus and all that. And yeah. then Bell with his, I don't want to say history, but being known to have rant about being anti-Semitic. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just weird. Maybe he's making a change. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, sure. Um, so I found this one kind of weird. Um, weird. Uh, but it's, you know, it's directed by Sean Nelms and Ian Nelms. Also written by, so written directed by, Sean and Ian Nelms. What'd you think? So it took a couple of times to watch it because the first time I was watching, I was like, "All right, this is far fetched," you know. But then, but then I came back to it and kept I going. Like you were talking about Santa Claus, and yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> Christmas right around the corner. I can't do that. But um, but I stuck with it, and you know I was entertained. There was like some scenes where I was just like, okay, we're doing that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It just it just. It's absurd. Yeah, for this being Purpose, about Santa. Absurd. Yeah, it was kind of I guess self aware without being obvious. It's self aware, yeah. and um, but I liked the little side quest that the the hitman went out on. You know, yeah. he had a little, little um, he had a hamster. I'm like. Well, it's got personality, I guess, right. <laughs> from that. But um, overall, it was better than I would have even thought it would have been. I, you know, it seemed to have a, a, a decent budget, <laughs> considering. Um, yeah. But but overall, I enjoyed it. So I confused on like I like I like it, but at the same time, it's not like. 
I mean, if it's it's one of those, if it's on TV, I would probably watch it. I don't know yeah. if I would seek out to watch it again. Yeah. Does that make sense? So one, it, so one and done. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, again, if it's on, or I don't know, maybe I'm like, or maybe after a year or so, and then obviously because, you know, around this time of year, that's maybe what it's good for, you know, good one-time viewing during around the season. But that's something I want to be like watching all the time. Or really hyping up, you know. But like, I, everybody gather around. We've got to watch this. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, you guys have got to check. Now, right. It's fun. It would be one of those. If you want something that's not a Hallmark or Lifetime movie, that's like literally on the complete other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Yes. Watch this because it's just absurd, but it's fun. So the part that I didn't quite understand or see why they needed this at all is the part where the military essentially gets involved and says, hey, we'll give you money if you basically help us make basically weapons, you know, in your factory and roll it out quickly. I mean, I could see that because it's a, you know, it's kind of a crisis crisis of conscience Mm -hmm. for Chris Kringle and his wife and the elves and everything, or his, sorry, his workers. Yeah, Um, yeah. But it, I could see that, but I don't, I didn't see how it was relevant in any other part of the movie. Like, the, yeah, it just, it seemed out of place, I guess is a good way to put it. I could see if he was still wrestling with it throughout the movie, whether or not he was going to do it or not, and then decided, no, we'll be fine. You know, and kind of, instead of like, no, we're just, yeah, no, we need the money. He just quickly because, gave in. Because, yeah. Because apparently, so according to this movie, Santa Claus gets paid through government subsidies to deliver presents to children every year. That's basically how they. And everybody in town apparently knows that Chris Kringle is Santa, but doesn't say anything. So It's almost like superheroes like, well, the government comes in and say, well, if you're going to operate like this, well, we got to fund it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we want to be a part of it. So somehow they made a made it profitable. But the thing is, though, it seems like it would be like an like a NATO thing <laughs> or some sort of global, you know, agreement, not just a United States agreement. And right. I think they're in Canada, too, aren't they? Because yeah. yep. wasn't that the whole part? Because Walton Goggins had to go across uh, the border there. Mm-hmm. So they're not even so it's a Canadian government at that. It's not even the U.S. government. That's weird. See, I think we think about it too much. I think we are too. I guarantee we're thinking about it too. <laughs> and what's going on with this little shit that he has to hire a hitman for getting a lump of coal when literally everything is given to him? But but see, he he, he always gets first place, and so he, he got second place in that competition. Yeah, and he had to. And then he hired the same hitman to basically scare oh, the winner yeah. into changing the results yeah, basically saying like, she cheated yeah i was like, like lying lying to say that she cheated <clears throat> that's serious for him that's definitely sociopath yes. narcissist all that yeah it's so crazy i got yeah uh um, kind of wonder why his dad's not there now now if you kind of see it, like eh, yeah i don't want to be there <laughs> i wouldn't want to be there either Shit. Yeah. and i love how he chops up the he chops up the uh, the pills like on mm-hmm. a table. I'm like, I was like, oh, he's trying to 
be all Tony Montagna on this. Right. How do you know how to <laughs> like do little, that? <laughs> little, little Junior Scarface here. Uh. <laughs> Cracks me up. Um, there's not a whole lot of trivia on this movie that isn't, like, spoiler. So I don't really want to get into it. But it's... Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's a it's like I said, it's it's over the top. If you find it a red box, you know, that'd be a good red box movie, I think. I think it's definitely red box worthy. Um <clears throat> I watched it on iTunes because I thought why not? And you know, it looked the trailer looked interesting enough that I was like, Yeah, I'll watch this because it's <laughs> uh it looked yeah, absurd, I guess good way to put it. I mean, like Santa, he he knows everybody, so yeah. like, like you can't keep any secrets from him. Yeah, like, <laughs> like so, he knows you. <laughs> yeah, like so, Walton Goggins's character, the hitman's character, on IMDb is listed as Skinny Man, and it's also listed as Skinny Man in the credits of the movie as well. Wow. However, towards the end, Santa does actually say his real name whenever he first sees him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it knows everybody, and it's like, are you mad because I gave you blah, 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 blah? Yeah. Because he remembers everything, too. True. And then, so when he approached the little shit at the end... Do you think you're going to make a sequel? I I just think they might have opened it up. I mean, they could, because the kid could revert to (laughs) being the dipshit again. Or it could be some (laughs) other kid. Yeah. Maybe the girl that he harassed says, you know what, this, you know, starts turning that dark turn, took that dark yeah. turn. Um, but yeah, the, when, it, when it came to the end, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, so I guess Chris Kringle is special in many ways. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Cause, cause, but no, you I, know. I, I did enjoy, but yeah, I enjoyed it because it is absurd and it's in that sense that you know it's very enjoyable yeah and it was you know some decent acting i mean action and acting um i didn't hate mel gibson in this movie um i think for the kind of movie that it was it was perfect <clears throat> i think nick cage would have had so much fun making this movie can you imagine i would have loved to see his trip out scene <laughs> oh right because you know it would have had it Yes, yes. If there's anybody that can go over the top to the extreme, it would have been him. Dude, maybe he would be in the sequel. Maybe it's like, because, you know, every various different countries have different Santa Clauses or different names for them. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's it. Maybe Chris Kringle is the one for Canada or North America. And then there's like different Santa Clauses for each country. So it would turn into a... Fat Man versus series. Yes. <laughs> well, if we see it, we know they got the idea from this. Yeah, <laughs> so we, you go. we, we Put in the book. it. Yep. You heard it here first. All right. Yep. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go from that crazy one to something a little less fun. <clears throat> so we uh, we know I've been going down the rabbit hole of. Um, of uh, cults, cult movies, and not like cult fan favorite kind of movies, but movies about cults. Um, so 
a revisit. I guess this is a revisit because it's been. I mean, it's been eight years, eight nine years since I watched this movie. <clears throat> so last week we uh, talked about Sound of My Voice, which then made me think, you know what? There's another great one with Elizabeth Olsen that I watched eons ago, mm-hmm. uh, called Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Say it five times real fast, and then wonder why you did that. <laughs> Sounds like a spell chant. Yes. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. It, it could have, that should have been edited in the movie. That's <laughs> part of the cult. Um, so this is a cult movie, but it's it doesn't really show like the indoctrination and the ins and outs, I guess, of how how it occurred. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what steps they went through to to fully, you know, uh, entice or you know bring them in and make them want to, you know, follow this person. This deals more with the aftermath of her getting out and then with flashbacks of different points of trauma, more or less, from her time there. So this is from 2011, an hour and 42 minutes long. Um, Haunted by painful memories and increasing paranoia, a damaged woman struggles to re-assimilate with her family after fleeing an abusive cult. Again, starring uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Martha. Well, as Martha. So Martha's her birth name. Um, Marcy May is her, I guess, cult given name. Yeah. And then someone else at the cult at the cult also refers to her as Marlene. So there's all that, but nobody calls her by her actual real name. So. Okay. Cult given name. Um. It was written and directed by Sean Durkin, um, who actually just uh, produced a movie that a movie that just came out. I want to say like a produced and directed a movie that just came out called The Nest with uh, Jude Law and um, <clears throat> excuse me Jude Law and Carrie Coon, um, which I have not seen, but I've seen some press about. Um, let's see uh, also starring in this movie is Sarah Paulson who plays uh, Martha's sister Lucy John Hawks who I believe was nominated for his role in this uh, as Patrick uh, Christopher Abbott plays Max uh, Hugh Dancy plays Ted Julia Garner from Ozark is in it she plays Sarah and uh yeah, I think that's it as far as people we may know. So what this movie does <clears throat> extremely well is set a tone that, you know, she is she escaped. She's basically temporarily living with her sister, but not telling her anything that happened to her in the past two years while she was away and in this cult. They're trying to they're letting her stay to kind of get what you know through some you know for a little bit so she can get like a job and then maybe get a place of her own but what you find out is that she is having a hard time i mean she she's having these flashbacks and nightmares about being raped and uh beaten and forced to do certain things you know on the i guess you could say commune or whatever 
mm-hmm. <clears throat> she ends up, you know, having a, she ends up peeing herself from one of the nightmares. She's found, you know, she's seen sleeping on the floor instead of on the bed. Um, she at one point actually interrupts her sister and her husband having sex by crawling into bed because she just had a nightmare. And so, yeah. All, but again, she will not actually go into what into what's going on. So they're like, you need help. We don't know what's going on, but you won't talk to us or tell us. But we know something. You have you have some issues going on. Right. Um, Elizabeth Olsen is amazing in this film. Sarah Paulson does an amazing job acting. John Hawks, even though he's not, he's got a small role. Um, is pretty commanding. Like he, when he comes on the screen, I mean he's not bigger, much bigger than I am. Uh, definitely scrawnier than me. Um, but yet he seems very commanding and seems very big for someone that's not very on the screen. If that makes sense. Um, and it kind of just goes. The lighting is great because it just. It, you know, when she's with her sister and everybody, it's bright. They're on a lake. You know, it's bright. It's uh, wide open, you know, very freeing, you know, just. But when she's, when it shows the flashbacks, it's like either in a house or in a room that's dark and kind of confined and small. So it's hard, like you feel trapped, like you can't mm-hmm. get out. So it's they did a good job showing that as well. And I would recommend this. I uh, it's on HBO. I think is what I watched it on. Uh, I originally rented it from the library. Again, it's from 2011, so it should be fairly easy to find. Yeah. Uh, I would highly recommend this because it's beautiful film. It's it can be a little slow at times, but uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of heartbreaking to watch. Just to watch her go through this but it is done so well and uh yeah can't yeah it's it's very good definitely recommend um now after watching this and having watched some other stuff and currently uh still kind of muddling through um muddling through my uh Jonestown Massacre audiobook. I've had to take a break from it because it had other audiobooks that were higher up or more uh, more important in my queue, I guess yeah. is the way to put it, uh, come through. So I you know, took a break from it. And so I, uh, nonetheless, I got a dumb idea one morning while I was getting ready and then getting ready to come into work and I decided to go ahead and write it down. And I shared it with you, and I shared it with a couple other people. I made a Jeff's Idiot Guide to Starting a Cult. Would you care to hear? Would you care to listen to the seven things I wrote down? Go right ahead. All right. Number one, be charismatic. You've got to you got to be charismatic, otherwise, people won't want to come to you, won't want to listen to you, because you have to be, you have to you know have a charismatic attitude to kind of rope people in more or less number two either have a pyramid scheme worked out or be able to express why money means nothing while at the same time asking your followers to give you money 
So the first part was sound of my voice. Uh, actually, the first part was like Nexium uh, and that whole cult. And then the second half of the half of it was this movie, actually. Um, so number three, your your either your spouses and or family members need to be separated in order for successful indoctrination. Half of that is Nexium. Half of that is sound of my voice. They did a lot of the same things and. You kind of see that because if you're apart, you don't have anybody to try and talk you out of anything. You just separate indoctrination. Yeah. True. Yep. Uh, number four, live on a larger area of land. Communes are a great way for people to stay together and not escape. Or, I mean, uh, leave on their own volition. Uh, <laughs> that one is can go to like Jonestown because that's why they freaking left the country. Had their own commune and, you know, invariably literally drank the Kool-Aid, and which is where the saying comes from. And then they all died. Uh, also on this one, they're on a commune. Freaking Branch Davidians were on a commune. It's just an easier way for them to keep to themselves and keep, uh, keep them locked in to spread the word of sorts. Um, number five, must be a narcissist. Because in the end, most... Indian cults are about you, the leader, not really about other people. It's about other people listening to you and giving you the attention and uh, giving you the attention and everything you feel that you need to make you better. That I think that just goes without saying. Yeah. Uh, number six, I hear the Bible is a good, uh, it's a good tool if you are going for a religious cult. Uh <laughs> You know, relying on script, you know, picking selectively picking out things from scripture to meet to meet your goals, I guess, as a cult leader. Um, and then finally, number seven, depending on what kind of cult you're wanting to start, consider consider matching clothes. So either matching style of clothes or, you know, like red sneakers for or not red white sneak white white Nikes for your um. For your uh, heavenscape people, um, then I think uh, which one was it? Oh, sound of my voice. Were all wore white robes. I know uh, some cults, you know, they'll have like period, uh, some sort of period garb, I guess. Mm -hmm. is and then uh, yeah, so there we go. Those were the seven I came up with. I'm sure I could probably come up with more, but um, there you go. If you uh, want to start a cult, there's seven. Seven things you could use. I wouldn't recommend it because in the end, don't join a cult, don't start a cult. Just the best thing you do is just be an amazing per person that inspires others to want to do good things, and ha and that's a uh, that's what a good leader would do. So let's do that instead of trying to brainwash people. All right, right. There we go. In cult rant, in cult movie, and finally, for my last one, and well. My last one is technically two because again, we don't. I feel like I almost need to call my segment of movies just call it rabbit holes because that's apparently what I do. Uh, lastly, <clears throat> my guilty pleasure for the week that I was so freaking excited to do, and I had Grayson watch um, with me, so we watched it last night, even though I'd already rewatched it once. It's all right. No big deal. So we watched Josie and the Pussycats. 
I even so I couldn't find the soundtrack um, years ago, but it has since surfaced on Apple Music, so I have downloaded the soundtrack when it was in soundtrack uh, Saturday, I think it was, and uh, had to torture your work with it. But it's all right. I don't care. It'll be okay. So I first watched, and here's proof that I even own a copy of the DVD. We can actually get it. Um, mm-hmm. I actually own this copy. I don't remember when I got it, but um, but yeah, I got this copy uh, some years back because I really enjoyed it. The person that actually introduced me to it was my ex-wife, who suggested we watch it. I'm like, why are we watching this? Yeah. But I was like, all right, you know. And I was like, oh, Tara Reid's hot. I'll watch it. Let's, you know, let's do it up. So, um, so Josie and the Pussycats is based off the comic book and cartoon um, that is in the Archie Comics universe, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, they have made a resurgence um, on Riverdale, apparently. I don't watch it. Ruth does. She was the one that told me about it. I think I caught an episode and they were on I'm like, oh, those aren't my Josie and the Pussycats, but that's okay. Because they're quite a bit older. They probably pay the parents now. Um, so basically, Josie and the Pussycats came out in 2001. Um, it's rated PG-13. However, on the DVD, they actually did make a PG version that took out some of the very very few curse words that are in it. Um, and made a PG version. Okay. Which is kind of cool. It's an hour and 38 minutes long. A girl group finds themselves in the middle of a conspiracy to deliver subliminal messages through popular music. Hmm. Commercialism. This movie is nothing but a social commentary on commercialism and uh, capitalism. In a Josie and the Pussycats movie. <laughs> edutainment. Yes, edutainment. I even wrote that down because you brought that up, and I'm like, oh my god. I said I totally got to write that down. Yeah. Um, but yes, this movie is edutainment. Um, we'll have to hashtag that one. <laughs> but yeah, so it's about the three girls: um, Josie McCoy, played by Rachel Lee Cook from She's All That, and uh, get Carter with Sylvester Stallone um, and uh, Tara Reed, who I know from Urban Legends. That's where I first knew her. Most people now know her from the Sharknado movies. And um, or American played, Pie. Oh yeah, or American Pie. I forgot about that too. Yeah. Um, Melody Valentine, who's the drummer, and then uh, some no-name actress named Rosario Dawson that I don't think has done anything recently. <laughs> Um, named Valerie Brown, who is the bassist. And the... Yeah. So, for those that aren't laughing at that joke, it's because she... How you pronounce the name of her character on Mandalorian? Is it Asuka or Ashoka? I'm terrible. I'm not a Star Wars... I'm not a Clone Wars person, which is mainly where her character's from. I was just watching it last night, too. I think it's Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka. A-H-S-O-K-A. That sounds like a thing. All right. There. That's filming. And then, uh, but this cast is huge. It also has um, Missy Pyle, 
Alan Cumming, who I absolutely love this movie. I think it was the first movie I ever saw him in. He's and I was like, why is Paul Rubens in this movie? And it's not Paul Rubens, it's Alan Cumming because they both <laughs> have similar facial similar. Yeah. Um, but uh, then Parker Posey, who plays Fiona, the kind of the main villain, I guess. Uh, Alan Cumming plays White Frame, who's uh, is kind of like he's with the label, as he likes to say. He's the one that brings the Pussycats in to, to uh, sign them to a record deal and all that. Fiona's like the head of the record uh, company. Uh, Carson Daly plays himself. Uh, Ari Spears is in it, plays the other Carson Daly. Uh, Alexander Martin plays Wes. Then uh, Justin... Uh, wait, hold on, sorry. And then you've got in this other, like, boy band that... Uh, was popular before uh, they signed Josie and the Pussycats. It's called Du Jour, and, which I think means of the time or something like that. And Alexander Martin played Les, which was the lead, one of the singers. And then you had Breckenmeyer, Dino Faison, and Seth Green to round up the other members of the boy band. And it's freaking amazing. It's hilarious. Because it's kind of a spoof on boy bands but it's also yeah so the boy bands were trying to figure out uh why or like they thought they heard something on their newest track that wasn't you know seeming like it was uh something wrong with it and it turned out to be a subliminal message uh-huh. so alan cummings says no no everything's fine so he goes so it must be just be a glitch in the recording you know some background stuff uh bled over and then uh he goes up to the pilot and says, you know, take the Chevy to the levee, which is a line from the Don McLean song. Bye uh, uh, bye, Miss American Pie. Yeah. Uh, in which is a story about Richie Valens and Buddy Holly and all of them dying in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. So doing so when he said when he, after he delivered that line, both Wyatt and the other guy jump out of the plane. And then kind of an interesting reference so to try and kill the band and then move on say they died in the play crash and then boost their sales yeah. and then uh then get a new band the new band turns out to be Josie and the Pussycats and so they have to learn uh so they're trying to figure it so now Josie and the Pussycats are trying to figure out why they're famous and everything and going through all these different things and then uh why then wants to try and separate Josie from the band and just let it just be Josie and then get rid of the other two band members. Mm-hmm. So they put the subliminal song in there for her to listen to in her track about how she doesn't need the other two and all that. So it causes a very small rift, you know, that lasts for a couple minutes, but it has to have some sort of, I guess, drama or something in there. Right. Meanwhile, Melody's being haunt, not really haunted, but I guess stalked by a mysterious figure has a, that leaves a message that says, don't listen or, uh, was it don't listen to the music or something like that and kind of warn her um it's a very hokey very fun very family safe movie it's got some great music that i actually like i actually really like it the music is actually not sung by by rachel lee cook or other members of the band uh they did actually take some like a very short couple week um lesson to kind of get the basic uh 
the basics of how to play the instruments. So it doesn't look super fake. Um, but the uh, Josie's voice, or the singing voice on for all the tracks, um, it's actually um, done by the lead singer writers to Cleo, Kay, Kay Hanley. So she's the one that sings all the vocals. Rachel Cook just, you know, lip syncs to them. Um, and then the all the all the uh, instruments are done by a studio band, and so they just fake, you know, fake play the instruments. Um, looks like one it's thing snowing. I did, is it? <laughs> That's what it looks like. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Says you. Well, yeah. it doesn't stick. Right, exactly. This Tennessee snow where it, no, no, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Tennessee snow where it, you know, looks pretty coming down, and then it melts as soon as it hits. I'm yeah. cool with it. Same. So I forgot to mention the, uh, it was written and directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan. They're a married couple that met in film school. They also directed Can't Hardly Wait. So I rewatched that, which I'll talk about in a minute. And uh, Surviving Christmas with uh, James Gandolfini, uh, Catherine O'Hara, Christina Applegate, and Ben uh, Ben Affleck, which I had never seen before, but I'm now like 30 minutes in. Because, again, rabbit hole, I'm going down the... Plus, it yeah. also knocked out another Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. That I hadn't seen. So, um, there's one um, there's one scene in the control room uh one of the scrolling marquee messages says can't hardly wait what's underrated <laughs> so a little homage to previous work and uh oh it says uh above the picture of the girls on one of the magazine covers uh, the headline says that drew barrymore cameron diaz and wissy lou were cast to play the band in an upcoming movie Peter Teschner, the editor of Justine and the Pussycats, was also the editor of Charlie's Angels, uh, wow. featuring the three actresses. So a little cute little uh, trivia is put in there. And to, in order to stay with the consumer economy tone of the film, from beginning to end, there are approximately 73 companies who have product placements shown. From logos to actual items ranging in entertainment, electronics, fashion, food, hygiene, and cars. However, no money was received from all the product placement in the field. That kind of sucks. Right. Oh, well. Um, Oh, this is one of my favorite (laughs) kind of silly things. In order to preserve the wholesome image of Josie and the Pussycats, Archie Comics demand there be a scene where Josie and the Pussycats were seen brushing their teeth. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like, uh, that seems very 1940s of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's freaking hilarious, though. I'm like, it almost seems like it was like a troll, you know, it, it, just a way for Archie Comics to troll. It's like, well, you know what? Let's tell them they had to film a scene where they brush their teeth. Yeah. Now, they won't do that. Who cares? Let's watch. but i absolutely love this movie it's one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies to watch i just love putting it on just because it's fun it's fairly harmless i enjoy the music 
I enjoy the acting. Tara Reid is freaking hilarious in this movie because she's so damn ditzy. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually just really love her in this role. And Alan Cumming is just, uh, he's such a great actor. And he's great in this movie. Parker Posey's always good. I've not seen her in anything where I'm like, Ugh, you know, that's not good at all. She's always awesome in anything she does. And I really loved her as the, I guess, villain in this. Um, yeah, I I would totally recommend this to anybody. Um, you know, it's, it's, there are some, you know, old technology, you know, old tech in there. Like, uh, oh, yeah, uh, American Online was sponsoring the live stream, which, of course, was kind of glitching and everything because it's 2001. <laughs> so, right. So, and, you know, the Motorola flip or Motorola phones and a couple of flip phones in there. So, you know, it's from 19 years ago. It's a little bit of an old movie. Um, all right. Real quick, I just want to make, briefly talk about uh, Can't Hardly Wait, which I also watched. And again, directed by the same couple, starring uh, some familiar people from Josie and the Pussycats. Also stars Seth Green. Donald Faison plays a drummer in a band in this movie. Rickon Meyer plays a singer in the band. Wow. So they're both in the same band. Uh, Seth Green, not in the band, he plays somebody else. And uh, it's starring uh, Ethan Embry, Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, Peter Fessinelli, Charlie Corsmo, Lauren Ambrose. Uh, let's see, Alexander Martin, that was also in the Du Jour band. He plays the foreign exchange student. Um, yeah. Sean Patrick Thomas, Freddie Rodriguez. I mean, it's another huge cast. Uh, again, this is from 1998. I freaking love this movie when it came out. It was Jamie Presley was also in it. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of great actors and actresses. I did read something not too long ago that I guess Ethan Embry was high the entire time they were filming the movie. Mm-hmm. And I guess they had, you know, obviously a tough time, you know, with him because he was high and he had a hard time, you know, obviously remembering lines and stuff like that. Yeah. So of course, knowing that I'm like watching this movie, like just staring at his eyes. Looks <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of see it. Um, it's just a fun movie, great for. I actually watched it on IMDb TV, and so basically it was free with limited commercials. So, um, 1998, PG-13, hour 40 minutes long. It's appropriately uh, rated, <laughs> um, but it's a good teen movie. So it's just basically high school's ended. Ethan Embry wants to, or uh, Peter Fessenel and Jennifer Love Hewitt, which popular couple, break up. And Ethan Embry's had a crush on her since she first came to the high school and never told her. He's written a note and wants to basically confess his feelings to her and at this party, this post-graduation party. But he's going to leave the next day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so it's... It's just a fun teen movie. I, you know, I would totally recommend watching it. It's, yeah, it's a good teen movie. So that's, I really don't want to get too much into it because I'm spending a lot of time on the other movies. Um, but I did want to mention that I really did, uh, enjoy going down this rabbit hole and continue to enjoy it. So see where it goes. All right, your turn. 
Take it away. Cool. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, first thing I want to talk about um, is, I guess, what's considered episode two of the Small Axe series. Okay. Called Lovers Rock. Um, <clears throat> came out this past Friday on the 27th. And you can watch it on Amazon Prime or if you have uh, BBC One. Okay. It, and as far as the time, it, it comes in just over an hour, like an hour, 10 minutes. So it's not too long. Uh, again, it's directed by the director, Steve McQueen. And the two main actors, you have Michael Ward as Franklin, Amara, Amara J. St. Aubin as Martha, <clears throat> and it's basically a single evening at a house party in 1980s West London sets the scene. Developing intertwined relationships against the background of violence, romance, and music, according to IMDb. So we see one of our lead characters, Martha, sneaking out of her house to meet up with her friend Patty as they're both going to a house party. And I mean, it's basically what it is just one night at this single house party, they're playing 80s style uh, reggae music, which is been given the title of Lover's Rock, which is a style of reggae music um, noted for its romantic sound and content. And that's basically what this movie is, just showing people vibing to music. Like early part, they show some ladies in the kitchen cooking and they're singing a song together, just kind of vibing to the song. Um, the people that are setting up for the house party with their DJ equipment and everything, they're vibing to music. And then when they get to the actual house party, Everybody's just basically vibing, you know, dancing, getting into the music. You have couples doing their the grinding motions on each other for certain songs that are slow and winding type music. Um, there's not too much conflict, but um, Martha's cousin tries sneaking into the part into the house party, and the bouncer is trying to make him leave. And even she's telling him he's not invited; he's got to go. But when police car pulls up because again this is 80s west london and you know still kind of got the racial tension going on the um, bouncer pulls the guy in but he pulls him to the side and says look you you know if you start any trouble you know it's gonna be you and me you know i'm gonna have to handle you so come in here basically just tell him have a good time don't cause no drama you know start one don't start another one won't be nothing right consider himself lucky that he's even in here (laughs) so you do see scenes of him where he steals a beer from someone. Um, uh, he's he's dancing around real wildly, and people kind of eyeball him like, you know, he just doesn't care. Um, uh, come to find out the reason why he's acting like this is his mom had passed away a while back, and Martha, who's his cousin, just kind of, you know, went ghost, kind of ghosted him. You know, she wasn't around, and he's had to go through this by himself, and... Um, you know, he lets it be known that he doesn't appreciate that. Like, you know, you're pretty much the only one that was there for me. And now when my mom dies, you're nowhere to be found. But, um, you know, while he's trying to vibe to music, people approach him. They even pass him, pass him a joint for him to smoke to kind of chill out. But then he just kind of gets into the music and it just changes the whole vibe. You know, they're thinking he's going to cause the problem. Right. But because of the music he kind of gets into it and everybody starts dancing and kind of coming together because of the music. And then you have Franklin and Martha that from this, they start to connect as far as, you know, finding love. And, um, you know, it's not a lot of meat to it, but the music kind of right. tells the story and just kind of the background of 
the this house party scene and just showing how it can bring people together. You have this tension on the surface, but while everybody's here, it's about just coming in and enjoying each other and this music. Yeah. You know. And that that's basically what this is about. I don't want to I mean that's basically it. There's not much I can really say about it. It takes place in and that's it. I mean, I do recommend it if you've already watched Mangrove and you go into this. I do recommend watching it. It's real, I guess, art, artsy approach. You know, it's not really a okay. story per se, not really narrative. You know, there's a story here. You just gotta, it's, the, it's in the music and their interaction. Um, it currently has a 7.3 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. Um, Metacritic, 95. And then Rotten Tomatoes has 97% currently. So it's rated pretty high. And from the remaining movies, I kind of went to a time machine, went back in time and pulled up some old movies. Um, <clears throat> one that I hadn't watched in a long time, even though I own it, uh, called The, the One starring Jet Li. You also have Delroy Lindo and Jason Statham. Uh, Carla Gugino are all starring this. And it originally came out November 2nd of 2001. Uh, you can rent it on Prime or you can watch it on Stars app or Stars website. And it comes in at an hour and 27 minutes. Directed by James Wong, who later directed uh, Dragon Ball Evolution, which is a movie every time I try to watch, I fall asleep on. I don't even know how they got it through um, the screening process, even getting it released. It's surprising. Yeah. But um, it had a budget of $49 million, and it managed to bring in $72.7 million in the box office. But it's about... A rogue agent who travels to parallel realities in order for him to kill alternate version of himself to become the mythical being being called no, the one. Yeah. So basically, he used to be a multiverse agent that guards this these time traveling elements to keep people from manipulating and doing you know criminal acts. Yeah. But he's forced to defend himself against one of his alternate versions, and when that happens, he notices he's gotten stronger, smarter, and faster. And so he kind of gets obsessed with that idea. It's like, if I go to these different timelines, I could take out alternate versions of myself, and then I can ultimately have all of the power. And like he calls himself kind of tidying up things, you know, just making it where just one person. But a uh, former partner, uh, played by Daryl Lindo, uh, Henry, I mean, Harry, and his partner, Evan, they're tasked with trying to capture him, bring him back, and send him to basically limbo to where he can't cause any more problems. Yeah. But he only has one person left to take out, which is Gabe Law, who's a police officer, and um, who also has been noticing that he's been, you know, getting a little stronger, faster, and everything. Yeah. And I just watched it because I like it's, it's an action movie. It wasn't really received well, but I like the action. I like Jet Li. Um, right. Story simple, but um, just I like the ending battle sequence when they're fighting because yeah. you know they kind of they kind of seamlessly work in the stuntman and who had a similar build to Jet Li, and then they kind of painted his face green and then 
you through CGI put Jelly Belly's face on, so you can you know it doesn't look like when you see him from behind, you're like, oh, that's not that's not Jet Li, but because they're similar, it kind of throws her, you know, kind of gives you the illusion that he is literally fighting himself. <laughs> um, but it's a fun, to me, it's just a fun movie, you know. Yeah, I saw uh, it a long time ago. Yeah. On TV yeah, I saw it in theater. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's a good little throw it on turn your brain off type action because yep. a lot of it doesn't really make sense because <laughs> you know if he, if he had to defend himself against an alternate version of himself the uh you law had to do this i was wondering why he was there in the first place you know right you know you shouldn't have had to do that but he got a got, got a taste of that and he just turned evil <laughs> like i want to take everybody out so i could be the only one the only version of me so i can embody all this powers and ability um but to me, it's a fun time. You get to see a younger Jason Statham, not really doing a lot of action, but you know, um, it's, it's a good. Found, I've only found one movie that I cannot stand Jason Statham in, and it's a. And I hate to say that because it's a Guy Ritchie movie too, but is it Guy Ritchie? I think it's a Guy Ritchie movie. It's called Revolver. It's him and Ray Liotta, and it is atrocious it is so hard to watch and i absolutely love jason statham movies but it is oh yeah yeah it's hard he's got like long hair and like facial like actual facial hair and not just scruff from 2005 yeah guy Ritchie, andre 3000 ray leota oh it's hard oh it's a tough one. mark strong who i absolutely love it's just uh if anybody can watch that movie and make it through and say it was entertaining, please let me know, because I struggled, and I love Jason Statham. My bar is set very low for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can watch the Crank movies, okay? Set very low for Jason Statham films. Yeah, that, but yeah. Revolver was tough. That was... I don't know, I might, I might have to look it up and take that challenge. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'll do that. Um, but I went back and I watched two movies that are kind of similar. Uh, one was released in 98. The other one was the next year, 99. Um, I watched the Truman show. Okay. That That's a movie that I'd never sat down and watched all the way through. Yeah. I'd always just catch, I'd catch it at different parts and I'd watch yeah. something, then get distracted. So it's the first time I actually sat down and watched it. Um, came out June 5th, 98. And you can currently rent it on prime video. It's an uh, hour and 43 minutes. Um, <clears throat> so it had a $60 million budget, and it grossed $264 million yeah. for that time. So it's, pretty, it's a lot. And then, you know, it stars Jim Carrey. You got uh, Laura Linney, Noah Emmerich, uh, Natasha McGellan, <clears throat> And Holland Taylor and Ed Harris. And basically it's about a man who grew up living an ordinary life. But unbeknownst to him, um, his life takes place in a large set populated by actors for a television show that's about him. Um, I mean, could you imagine just living in a, living a life that you think is real and come to find out everybody all over the world has been watching you 
from the moment you were born to now and every, everybody around you is not who you think they are. That yeah. would suck. That would suck. Yeah. Um, so his life is completely created for him, but, you know, everything that he experiences is real to him because, you know, he, he's, of course, in the dark about everything. Right. And, you know, in contrast, I watched Ed TV, yeah. which is similar concept, but the difference is uh, Ed willingly participates to have his life videotaped for the world. And, you know, it's kind of, it's still similar. It's kind of like why I don't watch reality TV, you know, because yeah. all of it's manipulated and... Right. It's not really real. It's not really real life. Um, but this movie, NTV, came out um, 1999. You can rent it on Prime or watch it through HBO. I guess HBO Max now. Um, it's an hour. It's two hours and three minutes. Directed by Ron Howard. Eighty million dollars, but it only brought in like 39.2 million. So it wasn't it wasn't a success. Uh, this had a pretty big cast. You got Matthew McConaughey, uh, Jenna Jenna Elfman, Woody Harrelson, Ellen DeGeneres, Sally Kirkland, Martin Landau, Rob Reiner, Dennis Hopper, Elizabeth Hurley, and Ron's brother Clint Howard makes yeah, an appearance course. in this as well. In every Ron Howard movie. Um, but again, this is a story about a video clerk that agrees to have his life recorded by a cameraman for a television show. And something I didn't know that this is a remake of a movie called King of the Airway of uh, the Airways that came out in ninety-four. I think it's a British movie. Yeah. I wanted to try and look that up to to watch it to compare, yeah. but I didn't have any luck. <laughs> um and the show itself kind of starts off performing poorly because it was rather boring. But then yeah. a situation where Ed's brother Ray cheats on his on his girlfriend and is caught on camera. You know, kind of gets more ratings, and then of course she eventually starts dating Ed, and you know, just goes from there. And then you kind of see things kind of spiral out of control, where you know they start manipulating his situation. By, you know, some people. Well, actually, the girl played by Elizabeth Hurley comes in just for the the fame of being on TV because. While they're interacting, she's always checking for the camera, make sure they're on her, what she's doing. And, um, you know, he even tries to get out of it. But, you know, of course, she signed a contract. You're pretty much stuck with it. Um, but, you know, he eventually does get out of it. But, you know, those are just two movies that one that I never watched all the way through, finally got to watch that I enjoyed. The Ned TV I actually saw that in the theater when it came out. And um, I thought I enjoyed it. It's not it's not as good as the Truman Show. Oh yeah, you know. But um, I think like I was reading some of the comments, like you know, it's just the timing was bad because ATV was looked at as like a clone or ripoff of Truman for the Truman right. Show. And you know, it's not terrible, but just came out maybe too close to to the, close to the other. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, well, one the Truman Show had. <laughs> The Truman Show was nominated for three Academy Awards, didn't win any. Um, yeah. Ed Harris, supporting actor, I remember that. Um, Peter Weir, the director, was nominated. The um, screenplay was also nominated. Um, didn't win. I believe they won. Let's see, hold on. I think it won some Golden Globes. Ed TV didn't 
win or indoor get nominated for anything. Um, let's see here. Yeah, uh, Golden Globe winner to Jim Carrey for uh, best act, best performance by actor in a drama. Um, and then Ed Harris won for supporting actor. And then uh, best original score for Golden Globe and uh, was nominated for best motion picture drama. Nominated for best director, nominated best screenplay um, for Golden Globes, and then uh, also did pretty good in the BAFTAs. Uh, the director Peter Weir won BAFTA for director, uh, screenplay, uh, production design, and then uh, nominated for best film, um, supporting actor, cinematography special effects yeah so so it got some it won some awards ed tv wasn't nominated for anything plus i think it's more entertaining i like i mean that's interesting to compare because you know truman's more is not aware of what's going on right ed's a good contrast because he is aware of what's going on but both are being manipulated in different ways so that is yeah. pretty that's a interesting look Cool. Yep. Cause, I mean, they both they both had like situations with their their dad. Like Truman, dad shows up like a homeless man, and then all yeah. of a sudden got these people just usher him off in a way, try to you know keep the illusion going that no your dad's dead. And then in Ed TV, his dad resurfaces, but it's more hey you're you're famous now, so I want to be in your life type yeah. thing. And but they're both good to go back and and watch and you know i was just stuck in the past this week it seems there you go <laughs> yeah wrong with that man no i mean kind of even just... it out <laughs> <laughs> even mine out a little bit um so i guess i only had one new one the rest were in the past too so that's fine yeah. too sometimes yeah. you just think of a movie or you think of a you know you know sometimes all you think of a movie or an actor or actress sometimes even a director and i'm like where are they up to? Because uh, I actually said that when we were watching. Oh, because uh, they use a lot of MTV. And it's mm-hmm. Carson Daly was on there. Yeah. Um, There's a funny joke about how Carson uh, Carson Daly was sent to go kill uh, Tara Reid's character, Mel. And uh, he says, you know, in another world, I could see us kind of dating. And she says, so you're crazy. There's no way I'd ever date a guy like you, which... But in real life, <laughs> when that movie came out, by the time the movie came out, they were actually dating and then actually got engaged and then got broken off. But um, so, you know, it was kind of funny, cute. But Serena Alchul was on there as well. I'm like, what the hell is she doing? I mean, I've heard from Kurt Loder in the past 20 years, but I haven't heard a thing from Serena Alchul. So I'm like, I'm going to have to go look that up now because I'm curious. I just haven't done it yet. But yeah, yeah, but I was like, oh, I wonder what she's up to. Um, yeah, so I'm probably going to I'm going to finish watching Surviving Christmas. I'll talk about that either next week or if we decide to do another Christmas one, I'll talk about it then. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, not how I was expecting this to go. <laughs> <laughs> Keep pulling me back in. Um, but yeah, and then I'm going to finish watching that. I'm also watching Iron Mask with Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
And so I'll talk about that next week as well. Um, and then I guess whatever else pops up between now and then. Maybe I'll find another cult movie that I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. I may talk about that um, that Train to Busan Peninsula movie. Dude, we'll talk I, about yes, that next I have week. that. I've got to watch that too. Uh, I actually uh, have that. I rented it. I just haven't watched it. Yeah, I saw a bundle on Google. Yeah. And um, they had both the original Train right. to Busan and this one for like nine bucks. So I was right. like, yeah, I'll get that. I'll do that. Heck yeah, <laughs> Cause, man. Because everywhere else was like fourteen, fifteen dollars, and then yeah, I saw that, oh. I'm like, yeah, I, I get both of these for nine dollars. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, I got it for. You, you know, it's something we also need to talk about. We'll do it next week, I guess. I'll write it down. Um, Parasite in black and white. Oh yeah, my Criterion edition that I watched, and then one to you, and you watched, and I'll have to write that down for next week. So, okay. We'll we'll talk about what our thoughts on watching a. Now black and white, you know, watching a black and white version, how it's how it either enhances or takes away from um, the color version of it. So do that next week. Um, Oh, trailers. Um, The movie Prom with uh, James Corden, Nicole Kidman and a couple other actors. There's a second trailer out for that. It's coming out, I think, the 11th on Netflix. And the Boss Baby Family Business, not the TV, not the series that's on Netflix, but um, it's actually movie. it's in the movie. Yeah, actual full length. So, uh, yeah, so that trailer's out as well. So, post all hmm. that. You know, um, I surely didn't. I know right. <laughs> I, I, I saw it last night. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to remember to put that down. So, <laughs> hey, another kids movie. Um, but yeah, all right, man. It's another very full packed week, man. We're packing them in. Yeah, a lot of options. <clears throat> for sure. It's like a lot of the movies that I picked this week were just random. Just how just whatever move out mood I was in for. That's yeah. that's generally that's what I watched. How it should be. And that's how yeah. it should. Be. Yeah. Really, that's how it should be. And that's kind of also how I picked Martha, Marcy, May, Marley, and like. Oh yeah, I remember liking this movie, but I also remember it being a being a while since I've watched it. Let's see, one, see if it still holds up, which it does, and two, um, refamiliarize myself. I guess is a good way to also put it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this edu edumentainment <laughs> episode. <laughs> really, should be every episode. Um. But yeah, I hope everybody has a good week. Uh hope everybody's still staying safe and all that stuff. And Especially hopefully this, this this snow doesn't accumulate. Too much. Except for the ground. You know, the grass, yeah. yes. Just yeah. you know, just keep the roads clear. Yeah. I hate shoveling. That's why I moved to Tennessee anyways. Well one really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, buddy. I will uh, talk to you next week. Next week it is. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group. Parental Advisory Movie Podcast and join in on the fun.